0: We know just what you need, and we've got just the cure. Open wide and prepare for a steaming hot cup of freedom.
1: I just don't fathom it.
3: The Michael Dukes Show, streaming live across the world. It was a day so fine, I had to restart it three times. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Welcome to The Michael Dukes Show, broadcasting live across the state of Alaska on this your favorite radio station and or FM translator and live around the world on the internet at michaelluke show.com where you'll find links to the audio only po- uh, uh, stream the streaming the live stream the podcast and of course links to our social media sites on Facebook YouTube and Twitch uh, where we simulcast the show every morning here on the big radio program. hey um, <clears throat> so uh about that legislative session <laughs> I mean about that uh, about that uh, the hostage situation down in Juneau there uh, you know the 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 blackmail, the extortion, the terroristic threats. I mean what an absolute hot 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 mess. Hey um we got I mean good news I mean good news. There was at least there was no caving, and um, I'm uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty happy. Um, I mean, with the overall result, not with the methodology, but with the overall result uh, of the session. For those of you who just got up and haven't actually read the paper yet, good news and bad news. The good news is um, the good news is that the uh, House did not cave in to the, uh, to, the, uh, to the scare tactics, the bullying, and the outright Machiavellian play of the Alaska Senate and just concur and uh, walk away from the whole budget debate um, that uh, has been taking place here over the last few days in the Alaska legislature. Uh, the bad news to that is, yep, they, it is gonna require a special session. The other piece of good news is that the governor has already called it. They've already called this he's already called the special session and um that's it. he's I mean it's done. It's a single subject special session uh, where they need to go ahead and uh, uh, basically work on uh some uh some piece of uh uh, some piece of the pie basically the governor called for HB 39 um, uh, the governor under the proclamation for the executive session or for the uh, excuse me for the uh, extended uh, special session says that the committee substitute HB 39 or similar bills making appropriations for the operating and loan program expenses of state government and for certain programs. That's it boom. He had that proclamation out at nine sixteen p.m. That was sixteen minutes after the house adjourned last night. I mean, he was just Johnny on the spot. So apparently, all them rumors about the uh, all all them rumors about the governor not uh, having a special session and letting the house and the and the senate figure it out was uh, psyops, or I don't know, just just the rumor mill going crazy. But that's what's going on. Anyway, so we're going to discuss some of the last-minute shenanigans that were going on uh, last night and discuss a little bit of that. Plus the weird vote uh, for concurrence that came from uh, an unexpected quarter. Um, And uh, we'll talk about that as well. In hour two, uh, State Senator Rob Myers is going to come on. Let Let me replay the exact conversation that I had last night. With Rob Myers because it's it's just hysterical. I basically sent him a a text message that said, "So who wants to come on tomorrow?" And he said, "How did I know that that question was coming?" Oh, you know me too well, Senator Myers. You know me too well. Uh, He said, "How did I know that question was coming?" Uh, I wasn't sure how late the house was going to go last night. I went to bed at eight o'clock last night. I mean, the house was just, you know, just getting started. And I was like, no, I'm not going to stay up for this. I'll know in the morning. And I went to bed. Uh, and so, uh, surprise, surprise. I had no idea how late it was going to go. And I was going to ask, uh, uh, representative Kevin McCabe if he wanted to sound off on it, but I wasn't sure. If they were going to be going to midnight, uh, although I see he's in the chat room here this morning. So, Kevin, feel free to <clears throat> feel free to call in if you want. But I'm going to go ahead and open up the phone lines. Rob Myers is going to be with us an hour, two, and I'm going to go ahead and open the phone lines for hour one. Tell me how you feel about the behavior of the Senate and what's been going on with this kind of stuff, because, uh, yeah, yeah. No, just what a hot, 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 hot mess. Okay, um, so where do we where do we get started over here? Uh, I guess we'll go over to and again some good reporting on this. I'll I'll be honest with you, some good reporting on this uh, from the various news outlets. Uh, they each had a little bit of a different take on it, uh, and each one had different um, uh, details. And so you kind of had to read them all to get the full picture of what was happening. Um, But I will say it was very, very interesting. The Senate finally uh, transmitted the budget to to the House at 6 p.m. last night. That is six hours before the end of the session. The Senate has been sitting on this thing for God knows how long, and they passed it over with six hours remaining. Now, interestingly enough, they basically said, well, you could waive the requirement for the 24-hour rule if you really wanted to. That's, you know— I mean that what that we really could just do that without, you know, you don't need to you don't need to lay it on the table for 24. This is and when you see the the who has the picture? I think it's the ADN. The ADN has the picture of the gal, the Senate secretary, uh hauling the butt. it is three copier paper boxes full of stuff. Now maybe that's not the whole bill, maybe that's a copy for every single person, but if you expect people to get a copy of the budget and make a decision in 5 or 6 hours on a budget that's going to be a multi-billion dollar budget that's some bs i mean that is some true and t- that was uh, just bs yes it was bert it was total bs that you think that that was what was going to happen but they said no they said no we're we're just not going to do that we're not going to do that Interestingly uh, enough on this uh, on this whole thing was the fact that um the minority in the house voted to accept the bill as well as Republican representative Jesse Sumner who was the only majority member joining all the members and of the mostly democratic minority in voting to 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 uh, basically agree with the bill. I mean, this was not like we're going to have a conference committee or anything else. The Senate basically passed the budget over and signed off. We're done. See you. Bye. Take it or leave it. And then Sumner had this comment that he texted after the House adjourned and said, we still had business pending. I don't think it's responsible to adjourn without a budget or at least appointing a conference committee. You cannot appoint a conference committee if the other side has already adjourned. So you would have just said, just take the budget? I do not— there have been some things that Jesse Sumner has done this session that I've just scratched my head out. He comes out of one of the most conservative districts in the state, and he has done some of the weirdest stuff that just makes you like, what? Why? I just I don't understand. Um, anyway, so uh, that's the that's the long and the short of it right now. The governor has declared that the special session it starts today, 10 a.m. Is the first day of the special session. And I guarantee you it's going to be a. uh, It's going to be an interesting ride. Let's put it that way. All right, let's go over to the phones and see what you guys have to say over this whole thing. We'll talk about some of the other particulars and things like that. But I just wanted to get the, the main thing out was that they released the budget to the house at 6 p.m. and said, see ya. I mean, that was the. Bye, Felicia. That's what it was all about. All right, let's go over to the phones and uh, see what you have to say. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
1: Yeah, hey, this is Mike uh, from Filla.
3: Hey, Mike. What's on your mind, my friend?
1: Well, I had an idea about how to change this whole conversation about the dividend. And some nobody's talking about this. Imagine for a moment the dividend didn't exist. The oil from the pipeline money doesn't exist what would our taxes be? Now, I'm not a numbers person, but there's talking $800 million for a budget, and there's 760,000 people, I think, in Alaska. How much would that be for each one of us? If we had to pay for the government right now, start talking about, okay, people, everything's gone because it's going to be gone eventually. This is what your taxes are going to be. Enjoy.
3: Right. Well, we're
1: talking taxes. Quit talking dividend. The di- the dividend, everybody's saying the same thing. The dividend is going to be gone in five years. What will the taxes be in five years? When you start telling somebody, look, you're going to have to pay $3,000, 5000 10000 a year in income tax. Now you're paying the state and it's not a matter of the state is just not sending you the full PFD. You're not getting as much as right. you should get.
3: Well, just just so you know, Mike, if if you took the current state expenditures, you know, excluding all federal monies and everything else, the state spends between fifteen and six or fourteen and fifteen thousand dollars for every man, woman, and child in the state. That means your family of four would have a tax bill of $60,000.
1: But that's what I keep saying. Take the PFD out of it. Start talking about how much money you're going to be sending. You, the individual Alaskan, will be sending to the state of Alaska for the privilege of living in Alaska. Yeah. How much is that going to cost you? The second part of this is, and I ran across this the other day, 20% of the people that work in Alaska don't live up here. Why are they... (laughs) Living where they're living Taking money out of the state of Alaska And not contributing to our economy Start taxing them
3: Yeah, that's been a discussion point for uh, That's been a discussion point for years Why shouldn't we at least have a uh Shouldn't we at least have some kind of out-of-state tax on income? I don't know if it's constitutional or not. I don't know what the what the holdup would be. But, yeah, that would be one of – maybe you have an exemption for people who reside in the state. I don't know how you would get it to pass muster. But I agree with you because what's happening in a lot of cases is those people are going back and taking all that money out of state. And sometimes their own states tax them because we don't. So yeah, it's uh it's yeah. a, it's a, it's a good thing. All right, Mike. Well, hey, thank you for your call. I appreciate your thoughts on this. Uh, uh appreciate your uh, conversation. We got to go here. We're coming up on the break. Phone lines are open. And we'll uh, continue this discussion. Your thoughts on what hope, what took place here in the last few days of the special session. I mean, were you as flabbergasted as I was or angry or uh, were you mad? Were you just resigned to the fact that this is just business as usual? How did you feel? Phone number to call is 907-433-3150. 907-433-3150. The Michael Duke Show continues on your home for common sense, liberty-based, free thinking radio.
2: We're
0: broadcasting live through a series of tubes. Allowing all of these entities to provide streaming stuff going on on the the, the Internet. Well, it's kind of hard to explain. Sorry. Streaming live every weekday morning on Facebook Live and MichaelDukesShow.com.
3: Okay. All right. Here we go. Let me go back. Mm, the vote was to adjourn uh okay okay let me go over here all right um so, buh, 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 good morning your bleep button is going down the entire time if I call this is Brian's this is Brian's phone call good morning Brian how you doing <laughs> Well, I'm, 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 oh, okay. All right. Got it, Brian. Thanks. That was your whole call. Um, I feel like going to Juno is like watching the gong show, except that I'm being charged for it against my will. Uh, Eastman voted to concur. Oh, that was not, that was not made clear. I didn't go look. I didn't go try and pull a scoreboard, the vote board, uh, thing out of there. Um, the voted to adjourn passed in a 22 to 18 split with representative Jesse Sundner, the only majority member joining all members of the mostly democratic house majority and voting to continue. Okay. Let me go back over here to, uh, the, uh, other one here, uh, from Alaska beacon. Um, yeah, see, I didn't see that. I didn't see that, uh, Eastman. Okay. Democratic members of the 16-person, predominantly Democrat House minority, offered com- comments. If all the, mi- if all the minority vote, lawmakers voted to concur, five votes from the first and majority and the non-aligned David Eastman would be required. Um, so Eastman voted to concur? Is that what you're saying here? Uh, this is Donna Ardwin said that vote, the vote... Eastman voted to concur. James argues, no, it was a vote to adjourn. I don't know which one it was because I wasn't watching it, so I don't know where, where it is. But mm-hmm, let's see what's going on. Um, Bill's making cowboy coffee. Uh, it's good stuff. Um, that sound. She's barking her fool head off. Um, um, okay. Uh a court I'm sorry, my screen just jumped like a million pages. Here we go. All right. We had to pay Oregon State tax, and my husband worked in Alaska during the summer to get him through college. Yeah. Um, good morning. Okay. PFD. Did you watch the shorty Senate Majority Caucus yesterday? asked I did not. I've been so busy. This is like one of my busiest weeks of the year. It's like 16-hour days every day. God. Oh, it's it's, been in, it's it's been insane. Um uh, there was no vote to concur last night. It will likely come up this AM, says Kevin. Okay, the vote to adjourn. Uh okay. No, yeah, to adjourn. Okay. Um, how did Ruffridge vote? I don't know. That's a good question. I do not, I am not aware of how rough. I mean, Ruffridge must have voted with the majority because they said the only person to step out was Sumner. So there you go. And it was basically just a vote to adjourn. It wasn't a vote for concurrence, right? It was a single vote. They didn't vote to concur. They basically just voted to adjourn. Okay. I'm still – you guys are kind of all over the place this morning. Um, mm, okay. Yeah, I don't know what the deal is with Jesse Sumner. I, I don't know. Again, there's been a few things that I've been like, that's weird. But I haven't spoken to the man. I have no idea what's going on. But we'll see. We'll see how it plays out. Here we go. We're 30 seconds out. The Michael Duke Show common sense liberty-based free thick and radio i got no lines on hold and i got uh, uh oh thank you very much i got no lines on hold and we will continue um right now let's let's i mean this is oh it's thursday, it's thursday. <laughs> Okay, So we're back Continuing our discussions here Phone lines are open Um, We are Getting ready to uh, We'll be talking with Rob Myers here In the uh, beginning of hour two Meanwhile we've been talking about the actions Of the Senate and the House last night and uh, what, ex- what exactly happened uh, in the waning hours of the legislative session? So, uh, I'm looking here to see uh, who voted to adjourn. Who voted to adjourn? Um, which, again, they had six hours to finish. So, eight. Well, at that point, because the, the, the bill got transmitted at six and they, they started their session, their response to it at eight. That's two whole hours to read an entire budget bill. Good luck with that. Uh, And they said, uh, we we just vote to adjourn. Um, And so the ones that voted, who voted against adjourning, who basically were like, no, no, we'll just stay here and keep fighting this out for the next four hours before the session is completely over. Um, All the Republican majority voted to adjourn with the exception of sumner all of the minority voted to adjourn uh, and then david eastman voted not to adjourn so it was the minority sumner and eastman who all voted no nay to adjourning to which i gotta ask why I mean, do you think you're going to hammer out what they've been trying to hammer out behind closed doors without an actual conference committee? Do you think it's somehow in the next four hours you're going to make it happen? I mean, the answer, they the the, the majority had the correct answer. The correct answer was, nope. We move on to special session. We're not going to capitulate to this blackmail. This hostage, I think it was, it was who was it that said, Johnson, Craig Johnson, this is a hostage situation. This is a hostage situation. Yeah. So Eastman and Sumner were the two that voted no to the adjournment, which means they would have wanted to stay there for the remaining four hours or three hours and 30 minutes and actually try and work on this budget bill for three and a half hours before the end. What's the point? What was the actual point to that? That makes no sense because there was no way – I mean what were you going to do the senate was already gone the senate was already gone um anyway i was just what's the what's the point what was the point all right, let's, uh, let's go over here and uh, take a look to see what you guys have to say. I mean, what do you think about what happened here? Not just last night, but the last, over the last few days. This whole kind of Game of Thrones, Juno edition, where they're holding people hostage and, and doing this and saying, no, it's my way or the highway, or I'll burn it all down kind of thing. What do you think of that? In the There was a lot of hyperbolic rhetoric there going on there. But I'm just saying that's kind of what it, from the outside looking in, that's what it kind of looked like. But what do you think? Uh, let's go over here. Take some calls. Good morning. Who's this? Where are you calling from?
2: Good morning, Michael. It's Kevin. How are you?
3: Good morning, Representative McKay, my friend. How are you doing today? I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. Hey, at least you didn't have to stay on the floor till midnight, right? I mean, at least you got done a little bit early in that
2: regard. Yep, at least. So, yeah, this, this whole uh, the hostage situation, if, if you will, has <clears throat> sort of been interesting. Um, I think uh, uh, Ben Carpenter called it uh, uh, Survivor for middle school or Game of Thrones for middle school kids. Yeah, and he's it was. Sur- yeah. Yeah, it was. Off, it was
3: exactly. Survivor. It was Survivor for junior high. That's what it was. It was like junior high school students playing Survivor.
2: <clears throat> right. So for folks that don't understand the the big sticking point here, you know we we completed the operating budget and you've been talking about that most of the week and we passed it to the Senate, and they're supposed to do their work on it and then pass it back to us. And likewise they're supposed to complete their work on the capital budget and send it over to us. and we're supposed to be working on um, our version of the capital product, uh, budget and then pass it back to them and and we sort of concur that way. Instead, they, they held on to the capital budget, and they repeatedly asked us for uh, our inputs, like, well, just tell us what you want, and we'll put it in there for you, young House members, young Padawan. Um, you know, pat us on the head and stand us in the corner and say, uh, we'll, we'll do your capital budget for you. Well, that's not how it's supposed to work, and, and in fact, the minority then ha- in the House has no input. So, um, you know, we felt like they should send us the capital budget, it should have the the process, the committee process, and allow the uh, minority members on the finance committee to have input, as well as our members, and and then put it on the floor for amendments and and do the completely open, transparent process. Remember, we're in, the majority is a non-binding caucus, so the only possible way for us to have, all of us, to have input into the budget and to vote for a budget at the end of the day, is to be able to have that process where we might be able to put in amendments and and budget things and our needs in a capital budget and and that just didn't happen and so that was the that's the frustration and the frustrating part of it and then of course getting it was actually like 629 we have to actually record the time um when they put it on our desks um, so that the, um, I asked the clerk last night and it was 6.29 when it was put on our desk and we were on the floor at 7.45 and it was, you know, 8, eight o'clock when we, you know, when we got the, the budget vote to come up and there were several of us that just felt like we, did, we needed more time. I needed to look in there and see if the snow track funding was in there, which is the funding that comes from snowmobile licensing that goes to uh, snowmobile trails in Big Lake in that area needed to look and see if the NRA funding was in there, which is the funding that comes from selling NRA specific plates and goes to some of the NRA programs in the state. Um, There was, you know, other representatives had other reasons to look into the capital budget and see if their funding was in there and we just didn't have enough time. So we all, the majority of us felt like um, we needed to take the time so we could have stood on that rule and asked for 27 uh, people to override rule 43 or 41 C, which says that it has to be on the desk for 24 hours, or right. we could just adjourn. And we just felt that the easiest, cleanest way to do it was, was to adjourn, give members a chance to look at things, and, and, including the minority and, right. and then uh, move forward from there. So, well,
3: I mean, this is, this is what kills me, Kevin, the just the level, like you said, patting you on the heads like Goodly. You tell us what you want, children, and we'll tell you whether or not you deserve it. That's essentially what they were saying. Uh, we'll put it in for you and decide whether or not you really, really need that. That's like asking. It's like asking for a Christmas wish list from Santa. You know, not <clears throat> co-equal branches of government working over a negotiating table. Now, will it work? I mean, because we know who's going to be on the conference committee for the Senate side. We have a good idea who's going to be on the conference committee for the House side. Will there actually be any? No, but the process should at least work it out. It shouldn't just be, you strong-armed us, so we should give in and capitulate. That should not be what happens in these kind of situations. And what really irritates me is their comment of, well, you can just, you know, violate the rules if you want to. Just override the rules. That's fine. You don't need twenty four hours to look over a multi billion dollar budget bill that you've most of you have never seen this whole time, uh, that it's been over on the Senate side. Some people may have seen it, they may have seen parts of it. But no, go ahead, just vote on it. You've got uh you got three hours. Have a nice day. And we're leaving, by the way. We're we're leaving. Well that's the, the
2: Pelosi way. that's the Pelosi remark, right? Pass the budget so you can see what's in it.
3: Yeah, exactly. No, the, and the, this whole idea that they that they drop it, you know, f- just a handful of hours before the end of the session, and they have had it for God knows how long. I mean, that they've admitted that they've been ready to do it. That they it's been at least a week since they wanted to negotiate with you outside of the conference committee. You passed your budget over a month ago. And so this is this whole thing is I mean, I think from even if even if everybody had agreed with the budget, just the process that they used, this strong arming tactic, again, this is I said it yesterday, uh, this is why the US doesn't negotiate with terrorists. Because if they find that those terroristic threats and demands work, then the terrorists will just keep hijacking planes and making demands. And so this is the same kind of thing. If they found right. out that this thing worked, this would be mo- this would be the status quo forever from now on.
2: Right. And and there's still some issues. There's you know the problem is uh, the way the conference committee works is you take our budget that we gave to the Senate, the operating budget, and you take the Senate's version of the operating budget and you go through and you say, "Okay, line 1 we agreed on, line 2 we agreed on. Okay, line 3 that's this funding" Um, we are, you know, the House is here, the Senate's here. Where's the, you know, how do we split the baby? How do we agree on which one? And so an item that does not reach consensus in the, in the budgets, that's the item that gets con- uh, conference. That's the item that gets discussed. The problem is, is we were never able to pass them a capital budget. So we have no items in the, con- in the capital budget that are conferenceable because we had no input with a product and that's the problem and so um the conference committee is going to be an interesting uh, exercise to see how that yeah. all shakes out and My I guess is it's going to have to go through into the next month, which would then generate a free conference committee, which is sort of a free for all, and you can you can conference any items. Well, that's
3: my question because the governor's call is <clears throat> excuse me is very specific. It says uh, for CS thirty nine. Does that mean that the house will not be able to put anything that they themselves want in the capital budget, or how does that how does it, is it specifically operating? Because, although it's a turducken, I mean, what? so how does that work? Is it going to be both operating and capital budget together in this special session, or is that going to require even more work down the road?
2: Very, very good question, and I don't know the answer to that. Let's to what I suspect is probably looking at that already. Um, we're a bit in the quandary because a uh, turducken, you know, last year they did a turducken and, and it was conference, but... Uh, we did have some input you know, with the capital budget that we had uh, this year. We had no input. So um, I don't know the answer to the question. I have no no, no clue.
3: Well, I, hey, look, I don't know how this happened, uh, Kevin, because remember, you were told like three weeks ago that they weren't going to turduck in it. They wasn't going to be an omnibus bill. You were promised. But I guess we see, uh, as as old Mary Poppins said, pie crust promise easily made, easily broken. That's kind of what we got going on, but this is again standard operating procedure for the Senate Finance Committees. This is what they've been doing for the last uh, four or five years. This, all this kind of uh, again maneuvering, leverage, uh, threatening to withhold projects, doing this, doing that, stuffing them all into one bill. This is, uh, I mean, this is not good governance in that regard.
2: Right and you know the number one uh, our number one goal as a caucus is good governance. We want to have an open transparent process that people can look at and see see that we're doing our jobs, see that the the projects and the capital projects and the operating budget projects that they're concerned about are actually being fairly treated when we do the budget. And it just hasn't been that way this year and it's very frustrating that Senate budget that they passed to us was version P and it may have even had an amendment from there I haven't really been able to to discover what the, the very latest amendments were so you know it's it's a frustrating process the thing is you know several several hundred pages long And it takes a while to comb through it. So, Yeah.
3: No. According to the news reporting, the last minute, a couple of last minute addendums to the budget on the Senate side was one. They put in that uh, that little five hundred dollar bonus for uh, for citizens who applied for the PFD if oil prices were over seventy three dollars a barrel. And there was another mention of one other thing that they put in it right before they transmitted it over to you. But again, just minor, minor, little, <clears throat> you know, little dangling, uh, like a cat playing with a feather. You know, just one little more thing. Oh, we'll we'll sweeten it up for you guys. You guys just, but go ahead and take it. Uh, go ahead and take it now. If you, um, I'm up against the break. Can you stick with me for just a little bit longer, Kevin? Sure. Okay. All right. Hold the line here. Kevin McCabe is our guest. Uh, we're going to continue with him. I've got one final question on the procedures and the vote itself, and we'll get uh, we'll get his take on that when we return. The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty Based, Free Thinking Radio. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook, facebook.com/slash Michael Duke Show. If you want to be part of it here, come on out and join us. We'll be back with more here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. That? Common sense regularly heard on American radio. Okay, we're in the break right now. <clears throat> uh, Kevin McCabe uh, is our guest. Kevin, uh, I'm going to uh, uh, I'm going to ask you to uh, would you call my cell, Kevin? Um, because the delay sure. uh, the delay on this is killing me. Uh there's a there's a there's a minute delay on this okay. and I want to do it. So go ahead and give me a call on my cell phone and we'll uh, we'll take you off the phone patch. Sure. Here. <clears throat> okay. So Kevin's going to call me back here in just a hot second and uh, we're going to make sure that this uh that this whole thing works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it works. Okay. All right. Um all right. Let me go back to the chat room here in just a second here. See what you guys have to say. Um, Bill Bill says, damn it, I love the corruption and the greed. Where the hell is Natasha when you need her? The
1: greed and the entitlement is astounding to me. I just don't fathom it.
3: There you go, Bill. That was just for you. Uh, Kevin McCabe, you with us? Um, All right. Hold on a second, Kev. I'm going to. I'm going to call you back here because this is not working. I don't know why that does that sometimes. It just... There we go. Any better? Yeah, there you go. Sometimes it seems like I have to call instead of somebody calling me. Uh, Anyway, yeah, we're good to go. Um, This whole thing. I mean, just the hubris of saying... Here's our five or 600-page bill. You have four hours and 39 minutes to complete it. We're leaving. See ya. I mean, that's just yeah. like, what the what?
2: Yeah. Uh, it was, you know, interesting. We were, a bunch of us were out and had a kind of an unwind discussion in, in a beer last night. And one of the longtime staffers walked into the building and she said, congratulations, House Majority, you didn't cave the house always caves. And, yeah. and I kind of feel like the, the team held together and and we did a great job. And I couldn't be more proud of Speaker Tilton and her handling of everything. Dan Sadler did a great job, Craig Johnson. So pretty proud of the team I'm on. Everybody did. And, you know, we're a non-binding caucus, so um, people are free to vote the way they will. But right. the, the team sort of supported each other yesterday. So I was I was happy to see that
3: yeah no, I mean you're right because historically the House has always rolled over and wet on itself in in the mean in the majority uh, and right. and it's uh this is the one of the few times that it didn't happen. Um, uh, Mike Schauer made a comment yesterday that that uh, the the saying that essentially that potentially in his mind, the Senate may have overplayed their hand this year. They may have gotten too deep into the strong arm tactics. And this may come back to uh, this may come back to bite them in the end. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on that uh, on that commentary?
2: Well, the Senate's going to do what the Senate does, and and we are going to do what we do at the end of the day. And uh, we reacted um, to what what we felt was done to us instead of with us. And, and you know, even if the Senate had passed it over. Uh, uh, the day before yesterday, Monday, or, or fried last Friday, and given us enough of a chance to look at it. But with with six hours left to go, five and a half hours left to go to look at this budget and determine if some of the things that we need for our districts are in there, it's just a little bit too much to ask. So yeah, it's possible that they overplayed their hand, that they, they got too deep into this. Um, I'm not real sure what their agenda was, why they wanted to do it this way, other than um, you know, we, there's maybe, maybe there's something that they don't want to renegotiate in the capital budget or in the, or in the, um, operating budget. I know there are some pet projects for certain senators in there and, uh, you know, maybe they just didn't want those brought to light. I'm, I'm not real sure. So I'm not a finance guy. I'm more of a policy guy and I trust my finance team implicitly. And, um, so we're just going to have to see how the conference committee works out.
3: Yeah, no, it's, uh, <clears throat> that's been some, there's been some speculation running around, and I'm looking into it a little deeper right now on, uh, you were mentioning some of these pet projects for some of the sen- senators, and, uh, <clears throat> there's going to be, um, there's going to be some interesting things that I think, and that you may be right. Maybe that was one of the reasons why they did not want to pass the capital budget, uh, at, back over to the, uh, to the house and allow them to see all the stuff that was in it because maybe there's... I mean, it eventually will come to light but you can't really make hay after it's passed, right? You've got to be able to uh, see it and debate it and discuss it. And there may be some things in there that they don't want to have some deeper discussions on. So it's going to be interesting. Um, right. But we'll we'll see what happens here um, <clears throat> as we go forward. Uh, we're down to... Oh, we're about to rejoin. Okay. So... We're going to rejoin the radio. Kevin McCabe is our guest. Uh, please like and share the show. Like and follow the show page. I got to ask, if you guys have have you guys all subscribed on YouTube? There's 71 of you here in the various chat rooms. Is has everybody subscribed? You don't have to stay there, but if you go to my YouTube page and hit subscribe, it'd really make me happy. Please just do it.
0: Public enema number one. Oh, wait, sorry. Uh, enemy. Public enemy number one, which uh, makes more sense.
3: On the other hand, he's a little bit of a pain in the uh Michael Duke show. Yeah, pain in the something. That's what it's all about. The Michael Duke show, common sense, liberty-based, uh, free-thinking radio. Kevin McCabe is our surprise guest this morning. Kind of. I wasn't sure, like I said last night. I sent out a couple text messages. Uh, but mostly to the Senate side, because I wasn't sure how late the House was going to go. And uh, I thought maybe they'd be up till midnight or later, and I didn't want to bug them. But they they adjourned early, so good for them. And Kevin McCabe was here with us bright and early this morning, and he was kind enough to call in and give us the rundown of what happened last night. Uh, so, Kevin, um, the vote itself, and I'm, I'm a little confused. Um, the papers are both quoting... Um. Uh. Were co- uh quoting uh or talking about some of the different things that happened. One of the things that they talked about was the vote to adjourn. Uh. And although it's not really mentioned in the uh, newspapers, um, somebody in the chat room uh, sent me the vote board, and I could see here that to adjourn, the whole House majority stayed strong, with the exception of Jesse Sumner, representative from Wasilla, who said. In a text message to the ADN, he said, we still had business pending. I don't think it's responsible to adjourn without a budget or at least appointing a conference committee. I mean, at that point, Kevin, it was it was impossible to appoint a conference committee, right? I mean, because the Senate, they'd already done their They'd, they'd walked away. They'd finally <coughs> died. They said, we're done. Um, so there was no possibility of a conference committee at that point, right?
2: Well, interestingly enough, the Senate before they or right after they signed, he died, or before they signed, he died, but right after the, uh, um, you know, all of the budget passing out and amendments, they did appoint a conference committee, and I think Jesse was reacting to that. Um, you know, once again, we're not a binary caucus, and without s- s- telling people what was said in. In caucus, we, we knew what how Jesse was going to vote. We absolutely knew because that's the way we are. We're honest with each other, and, and we were okay with that. He had his reasons, and <clears throat> excuse me, it's very valid reasons, frankly. Um, David Eastman had his reasons. He had 10 bills getting ready to be read across the floor, and now he's going to have to submit them again on the first day of, uh, you know, since they're not on the governor's call. He'll have to resubmit them. So a lot of work to put 10 bills up. And uh, you know, so he was he was not willing to adjourn where normally he would be more than willing to adjourn on the right. you know and get us out of there. So well everybody I, has their reasons.
3: Well I while I agree with that, I mean while I agree with what you're saying there in both things that he had ten bills and that Sumner, you know, had, was, was hacked off if they had a conference committee already set up on their end. The problem was is that you only had four hours of the session left you could appoint a conference committee what exactly was going to happen in 4 hours i mean i, I guess that's my bigger question um, you know unless this is the you know again that last great act of defiance kind of thing which it very possibly could be i would just i'm just trying to put myself in the mindset of understanding exactly why because you weren't going to get those 10 bills read right across the floor in the next 4 hours it was all going to be conference committee all day all night right. you know the whole thing so anyway um interesting interesting uh uh uh, position on that, uh, we were just talking during the break about uh, you know the basically the behavior and and potentially the fact that the Senate, who has been very successful over the last five day five five days five years or so, in utilizing some of these very unusual tactics. To try and get what they want and whether that was putting contingency language in certain things that you only get this if you vote for this or the fact that the the Senate finance chair uh, uh, threatened to strip out funding for very specific things in people's district targeting specific senators targeting specific projects that were very much needed if he didn't get the votes and get the thing the way that he wanted. It. They were very successful in that this time they may have overestimated their ability to make this kind of, they may have overstepped. Uh, And your thoughts on that?
2: Well, I think I I agree. And, you know, keep in mind that there are six representatives in the House who have no Senate representation on finance or any other committee. So Mike Schauer is my senator, and he's also George Rauscher's, uh, Rauscher's senator. So we feel like, the two of us feel like, we haven't had the representative. The representation in the Senate that we need on certain committees and on the Finance Committee and able to put amendments in on the Senate's Finance Budget Budget on the floor. So, six of us in the in the House and and the commensurate eighteen thousand three hundred people that are assigned to us don't really um, have the representation that we feel we needed. So. You know, keep in mind the reason that the representatives run every two years. We're supposed to be closer to the people. We're supposed to be talking to um, half of a Senate district or eighteen thousand three hundred people or so, and available to them to take their input. And then we take it to the Senate, and we work we work with the Senate on the capital projects. And we, those of us that are represented by Shower, Hughes, and Myers, we just we don't have that ability. So. That's part of my frustration. My personal frustration is that I have no input. Nobody, no senator came to me and said, hey, what do you want uh, for a capital project? So this was the this was the right thing to do. And, and keep in mind as well, we still have to vote whether or not to concur. That'll happen this morning sometime. And uh, I suspect that we won't concur, in which case it will go to a conference committee. All that is sort of ahead of us.
3: Right. I mean, that was going to be my next question, because that vote is going to be really the first business that you guys take up this morning in the special session is because it wasn't brought up yesterday. You guys just adjourned. So, you know, is there concurrence? Now, obviously, uh, the the minority seems to be in in what we're seeing all in favor. Uh, and there's been some, some speculation that there may be enough... Uh, Juicy capital projects or tidbits or things and like that that it may try to sway some of the rural majority members. But what's your? I mean, you just said you don't you don't think it'll pass. I mean, you think that at this point the House majority is going to stick stick together on this and it'll end up in a conference committee.
2: You know, I sure hope so. We've had lots of discussion about it yesterday, and of course, one of the sticking points was do we go into a special session or not. Well, now we're already in a special session, so that. Point is sort of off of the table, and now we can focus on, on the real thing before us. Is do we want this budget, or do we think we can get a better deal? Um, whenever the conference committees meet in, in two weeks, we you know. So um, I think that we we probably can get a better deal. There's others that think that the best deal is the one that's on the table right now. So we have to hammer that out, and uh, I'm I'm sure that the. Um, the vote will be what the vote will be i guess so
3: well we'll have to uh we'll have to see final thoughts here kevin down to the last couple of minutes um you, you know, know i just we, you know we as constituents what i mean how can we this is frustrating for you i'm sure you're in the thick of it but we're out here just twiddling our thumbs wondering what we can do to help at this point
2: well you can certainly call your Legislator, and and give them your thoughts, or your your House rep, and give them your thoughts on whether or not to concur. That would be helpful. You know, sometimes in these last days, we are we're going 100 miles an hour with our hair on fire. Well, not me, but um, others that have hair, and uh, and we don't uh, we don't necessarily get the the phone calls. My staff is back in district right now. They they had to leave because of the ferry schedules and those sort of things. So. I'm kind of staffless, so emails are good for me. Text messages are good for me. You can leave a message in my office, but call your representative and tell them how you feel. Do you want them to concur? Or do you not want them to concur? I personally think we can get a better deal if we can negotiate some things with the Senate, and I think that giving us the 30 days, um, a little bit of time stretch, a, a little bit of a breather to uh, go home and and take a break, and then come back and negotiate while we can. There's some items in the operating budget even that I think we, could, we have some room to negotiate on, and I think we should we should continue to do it. But that's just my opinion. There are right. others out there that would just rather see us, uh, you know, rip the Band-Aid off is the, the term that we've been using and and just go forward and uh, try to do a better job um, next, you know, next session. Right. Um. I don't think our work is done. I think we still have a little bit left to do, and, um, so well, that, there's uh, also it's...
3: there's some lessons learned here. Maybe in the next half of the session, maybe the House doesn't transmit their bill 30 days before the end of the session. Maybe they wait until uh, maybe they wait until the Senate has. I mean, th- th- you know, this is a this is going to change the whole dynamic, and this is interesting. I will say is, as your constituent, Kevin, I would suggest you not concur. Uh, that's my. You could take that as my official public uh statement there uh on that one so kevin mccabe uh i really appreciate it my friend thanks for coming on board
2: absolutely you guys enjoy your day it looks like a nice day here in juneau
3: yeah it should be pretty supposed to be 65 today down here so we'll see hold the line for a second folks we're uh, out of time uh we got more coming up state senator rob myers is up next don't go anywhere okay uh, in the break. but Kevin, I'll just give you uh, since I've got uh, since I've got uh, everybody here, what do we got? Let me uh, move pop this up here. Uh, I see that uh, Rob Myers is uh, up in the ch- in the green room already and Kevin McCabe we got a big fan Damley here everybody's here. Uh, Kevin, final thoughts here between you and uh, and Rob Myers what's uh, what are your thoughts here?
2: Well, you know, it was interesting that uh, Senator Myers and Senator Hughes were in the gallery watching last night, uh, lending their support, and the, the, how we could feel their presence back there, lots of staffers back there watching, and, and I just have to say, I couldn't be more proud to be on the team that, I, that I'm on. You know, we don't always get it right, but we definitely work, and uh, some of the leadership coming from Tilton and, and Sadler and Craig Johnson yesterday was evident, and I think, uh, I think we did a good job. And if you disagree, feel free to call me and tell me why. But uh, we always need input. And certainly uh, we will try to finish this the way it should be finished today.
3: All right, Kevin McCabe. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you calling in and being part of it today. Thank you for being uh, with us.
2: Yes sir. I will talk to you later. All
3: right. Thank you so much. Uh as you can see folks, uh joining me uh right now uh on the program is State Senator Rob Meyer who is uh, uh part of it this morning and and ready to go. So you were in the peanut gallery last night uh watching the the uh shenanigans as they say out on the floor uh, and, uh the I mean and you were obviously watching uh from the floor of the Senate side as they made all these last minute maneuvers uh, give me your give me your knee-jerk reaction here uh before we come on the air give me your knee-jerk reaction to what happened last night uh, with the 11th hour drop it on the table and walk away kind of uh of tactic from the Senate
4: well I mean I guess what what happened by and large is kind of what you could have predicted you know starting monday at least you know that it was going to be we weren't sure if they were going to drop it on i mean there was rumors going around on monday that we were going to pass the budget and then adjourn out on monday um because that's close enough to the end that we could have done that and and just left it but i don't know you know <clears throat> whatever whatever else was going on they they tried to keep going with the the negotiations all the way through Wednesday afternoon. Finally, just said, "All right, screw it. We're going to put it on the table, and we have no idea if they're going to agree to it or not." Uh, that's just how they how, how they kept going with it. Um, I moved over to the to the House side. Actually, one of the reporters last night was giving me a little bit of grief over it. He said, "What are you doing here?" And I I told him, "You know, you you live this for four months, <clears throat> and I mean, I went home a few times in between, you know, during, during the session, but." You live this for four months, and at some point, you know, at, you get to the end of it, and you're living and breathing it, and it's really hard to pull your head out of the water at, at the very end of it, you know, cold turkey or whatever. So, uh, you hit, we got to the end, and, and Shelly and I walked over there. Um, we asked Mike if he wanted to join us. He said he was in the middle of packing. Um, so he, he wasn't going to be able to, um, but that was, you know, it was, it was all right, well, let's just go see what's going on. And we can't, we can't officially talk to anybody. You know, they're, they're, they're not allowed to, um, you know, we can kind of pass notes through the pages, but we're not allowed to, uh, uh, talk to anybody. And we definitely can't talk during the debate, right? And stuff, but we can we can sit back there and glare at everybody real hard.
3: Yeah, that's what he said. He said he could feel you. That one must have been the loving the loving support for certain members, and other other members were like felt like there was a sniper looking at them some, somewhere in a hide somewhere. Uh, it's uh, it's this whole thing. Rob has just been such a um. Such a poop parade. I mean, this whole thing from the start to finish of this session. We knew the session was going to be bad. Um, Just knowing the makeup of who had been elected and then the uh, organization of both bodies. We knew that this was going to be a very, very difficult session, uh, which I think you probably agree is the case. And uh, but uh, I mean, I don't think anybody could foresee this last. I don't think anybody could foresee the last 10 days of what's happened in this session, uh, that uh, that this was how it was going to go down, um, which is very interesting. Uh, Again, uh, maybe a potential an overplay of the hand, so to speak, and more, which we can talk about here when we come back. So we're going to uh, we're going to join you here in just a second, Rob. Let me go back to the uh, let me go back to the comment section here on the uh, uh, on the page to see what uh, the folks have been saying here um in the in the last few minutes um uh, let's see can you stop being so emotional about the budget i think it's hard not to get emotional as rob just said i mean you are living you are living it you're breathing it you're eating it you're sleeping it it's all that consumes you for a four month period of time um not hard to basically say um not not hard to say that it, you it could become very emotional that you can get all wrapped up in those kind of things. Um, it's uh, it's interesting. Terry says, "Please uh, do not let the Senate get away with this garbage." Well, I mean it. It it is it is it is what it is. Um, I mean yeah. I I don't think Rob doesn't have necessarily any control about that. Um, Ta- Tawny says. Uh, and I think you may be overestimating the power of uh, Senator Myers, et cetera. Could you please have a discussion with Senator Bird about behavior that's unbecoming and a very poor example for our children? Is this is this really what he wants for his legacy? I strong-armed Alaska and got my way at the expense of the people. Although in this case, he may not have, uh, which I think is also a good example for the children, Tawny. He may not have. He may have overplayed his hand here on this. And that is going to uh that's going to show in the long run all right we're out of time we got to jump back into it here we go the michael duke show common sense liberty-based free thick radio let's continue like and share like a chair like and follow let's do it here we go
0: The Michael Duke's show streaming live across the world.
3: Oh yeah, across the world on the internet at MichaelDukeshow.com and across the state of Alaska at this your favorite radio station. And or FM translator. And carrier pigeon. And everything else so we will we will put this show anywhere, just to get more people involved. Welcome back to the program and thanks for coming on board. Uh, it's Thursday, the end of the session. Last night, today the Special, special—the special, special session—that's uh, been called by the governor. For those of you who are just joining us and just getting up last night, the Senate at 6 p.m. transmitted the budget to the House, which hit their desks at 6:26 p.m. or 6:28 p.m. and then said, "See ya." They they sadly died, adjourned out for this part of the session. And said, we're leaving you, sweet lips. Uh, That left the House with a conundrum. And within just uh, about 30 minutes or so, the House decided they weren't going to play that game. And they did not take up a concurrence vote. And they adjourned, which forced the governor to then call a special session, which he did. Within about 16 minutes of the whole thing ending, the governor called the special session, and here we sit. Joining us to discuss the ins and outs and the who's and what's and the why's of everything is State Senator uh, Rob Myers, who uh, comes on board to give us the full rundown uh, of what he saw in the waning hours of the session yesterday. He joins us. uh, Whoops. Let me put him back in here. He joins us. Uh, right now. Good morning, uh, Senator. How are you, my friend?
4: Oh, I'm okay. A little tired. A little (laughs) bit of a post-session hangover going on here. Yeah,
3: we were just talking during the break about how, you know, you eat, live, breathe, sleep this thing. And sometimes it's hard to come off of, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to come off of a cold turkey and be like, ah, a breather. But is it really a breather? Because let's face it, you are about to jump into another potentially 30-day special session. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about the last hours yesterday in the Senate. You guys put together a whole bunch of uh, uh, a whole bunch of of minor, minute little amendments that got put in. You guys, meaning not you, but the Senate. I mean, you're a minority member. You really basically sat back and twiddled your thumbs. Uh, But what uh, what took place there at the very end and what was the conversation before they decided to go ahead and just pull the trigger on it and send it over to the House and then sine die and and call call it a day so to speak
4: so i guess i guess kind of start this on monday um because that's when we finally uh put the budget on the floor for amendments on the senate side and we ran through i think about 35 amendments in total um i think we skipped a couple of them come to think of it uh you know so 32 33 amendments that we actually voted on and you know I you can kind of guess the way the the votes went on that you know the the Twenty one amendments that the minority put up, you know, the three of us uh, all got voted down in fairly short order. Um, there were actually a couple amendments that were approved on Monday, but they were ones coming out of Senate finance out of the majority in general. Um, and uh, then it kind of turned into a waiting game uh, as that, you know, that that uh, uh, very important game of chicken uh, was was being played out uh, Monday evening through Tuesday, I thought maybe we'd voted out on Tuesday because we've got the 24 hour rule that the the a budget bill has to sit on members desks for 24 hours before you're allowed to take a vote on it, right? Or you can vote to suspend the rules, which takes a two thirds vote. So uh, I thought, Oh, okay, well, you, you're gonna have to pass it Tuesday because they've got the 24 hour rule, right? Well, no, we didn't pass it Tuesday either, which will be fine. <clears throat> uh, so uh, we were supposed to gavel in yesterday at 11. Uh, we heard that there was probably going to be a last-ditch attempt at an amendment uh, or two in order to placate the House. And uh, we said, well, that's a little interesting because on Monday it was announced that amendments after Monday at 2 p.m. would not be uh, accepted. So just to test that, we had an amendment drafted of our own uh, to, to see what would happen there and uh our our amendment it it was just a straight up we're going to double the bsa uh the one-time bsa increase and and uh, we pulled that out to see uh what would happen so we come down to the floor i think we finally convened it about three o'clock yesterday on the on the senate floor and uh we go through the the usual stuff we had a few house bills that that we voted on and and passed out and then it came to the budget we took an at ease and I saw an amendment get submitted. And so I immediately pulled my amendment out and submitted it as well, um, to, to see what happened. And Hey, <clears throat> they, they, so they took the amendments, um, and, and passed them out to to the uh, Senate president's credit, um, majority and minority amendments, he treated them the same. Uh, it got voted down anyway, but, um, you know that was it was what it was. Uh, there were two amendments that came from the majority. Uh, one of them dropped the operating budget by I think it was about eighty-two million, and then the other one raised the capital budget by 35, 36 million, something in that neighborhood. And then it, and and the the one on the operating budget included that uh, energy, you know, potential energy relief payment that uh, that you mentioned last hour. It's actually interesting if you look at it. It wasn't just an energy relief payment. It said if the oil prices stayed above seventy-three bucks a barrel, only half would go to the energy relief payment. The other half would go to the CBR. Um, so, so really, we're only getting half of the bump. <clears throat> and, um, you know, we we voted on those, and by six o'clock, I think they realized that negotiations weren't going to go any further. And, kind of the uh, the comments that were coming from the majority were, well, we don't know if they're going to accept this or not. We're just going to pass it anyway. And so they, we had the vote on it and uh, passed it out. And then we went through the rest of our session, took another 15, 20 minutes, gabbled out about six o'clock or just after while the um, Senate secretary staff is furiously copying the the new version of the budget. Because remember with the two amendments that got passed, then they had to incorporate that into the single document um with with ledge legal and then make the copies and then the the uh picture that you saw floating around the internet uh yesterday last night uh with the senate secretary with the the three paper boxes full of the the budget on a on a hand cart uh you know that was the 40 odd copies that they took over to the um house and distributed and as kevin's there's actually a uh, because of the 24-hour rule they actually have a paper that they put on top of every copy that says we certify that this uh, budget was put on your desk at X time. And they filled it out. And I think it said like 629 or something. And uh, and then we're sitting there going, all right, well, what's the house gonna do? And we, I was almost ready to go home for the night and finally got word that the house was gonna gavel in at 745. And I'm like, well, might as well go watch a show. Right. See see what happens. Right. And uh, so Shelly and I went sat in the back of the gallery um, had a couple of our staff with us had a couple of uh cu- couple house staff were sitting back there we were uh you know playing peanut gallery a little bit uh, making comments and uh so yeah they, they gavel in they passed out a couple of um passed a couple of bills that uh senate had voted on so they concurred on the senate changes that way those bills got across the finish line for for this year um because remember everything else that doesn't pass this year um, is still live next year, so it's not the end of the world. But, you know, if something's on that last, last little bit, it's always nice to get it get it across the line if right. you can manage it. Right. Uh, and then they uh, took up the budget. And um, first thing on the agenda was uh, a move to uh, suspend the 24-hour rule. And uh, Kevin objected. And there was uh, a couple of people that spoke to it and uh, saying they weren't gonna uh, suspend the rule. And you had to have 27 in the house to suspend that rule. So 14 people saying no, uh, meant you were gonna to have to stick with that rule. And they took an at ease and I went and ate dinner and uh, they, they come back and uh, they withdrew the motion. So I'm assuming that in the discussions, the majority realized that they weren't gonna have the votes to uh, suspend the rule and then they voted to adjourn out. And it was uh, twenty-two to eighteen on a on a journey. Um, yeah, and that was that was it. It was a a little bit anticlimactic, honestly.
3: <laughs> well, let's. I want to come back to you for a second here, just to your to your budget amendment. So first of all, <clears throat> you voted to double the BSA or the one-time fund. I mean, I don't know if that was facetiousness on your part or what. Um, but uh, you obviously, I guess didn't expect that to pass because i guess the the feeling that i was getting is that behind closed doors the majority said not a single amendment from the minority will pass no matter how good it is no matter what it does i mean you basically got all these people on record not wanting to double the bsa is that kind of what what happened
4: i mean that was part of it uh a, a little bit going on there uh you know it's it's interesting to to see the votes you know Part of the reason to do it was to say, OK, are you going to treat the if you're going to allow for a majority amendment, are you going to treat the minority fairly and allow for a minority amendment as well? Um, you know, Shelley, st- when when the first amendment, so it was a majority amendment, then my, then my amendment and then another majority amendment was the order in which they got offered. And so when the first one got offered, uh, Shelley stood up and objected and said, uh, hey, you said no amendments after uh, two o'clock Monday, you know, nothing, nothing submitted after 2 2 p.m. Monday. And it's clear that these amendments were all submitted after that deadline. Um, I could tell, uh, because so ledge legal, when they, when they draft amendments, there's a little number up in the corner that says, okay, this is the bill and the version of the bill that it's going to. And then it says point and number, and that number is in order in which it's drafted, excuse me, order in which it's requested actually. And my amendment came before the number of the first majority amendment. So it's clear that that amendment didn't even get ordered until after mine did, mine being ordered yesterday morning about 10 (laughs) o'clock.
3: Right, right.
4: So it's clear kind of what's what's going on here. And so we wanted to just test it and make sure they were playing fair. And to their credit, they, they did. You know, they didn't rule our amendment out of order, say it was too late because they had one as well. Um, and so you know there there were a couple of couple of things to do with that. Um, you know, there was uh, another part of it was uh, doubling the BSA would have exhausted the general funds, and so part of it would have come from the CBR. We wanted to see if they would push back on uh, a CBR vote potential. Um, you know there were there were a few a couple three few things going on in there, you know, because if you crack open the CBR, then there there becomes a few other things that that come on the table. So, um, you know, there was there was a, a, a little bit, uh, there was a few things going on behind the scenes with the the idea of that amendment. Um, and, uh, you know, like, like I said, they, they had a couple of amendments there to actually, you know, they raised the capital budget, they dropped the operating budget. Um, even with that drop in the operating budget, uh, you take a look at agency operations, I was comparing the numbers over the weekend, and we still increased our agency operations, by, I think it was 216 million over last year. You know, the last year, the the irresponsible budget buster that, right. that we passed got excoriated for because of all the amendments on the Senate floor. And what did we do? We actually, you know, I- increased increased
3: it. it increased <clears throat> it. So the largest yeah. budget in state history, and we actually went up from that. Um, right. It's uh, <clears throat> some crazy stuff. Rob Myers is our guest, state senator uh, from district. Q, right? Correct. I got it, man. Look at that. Uh, It's only going to take me another two months to make sure I know them all uh, since they change them every 10 years. Uh, We're going to continue with Rob Myers here in just a moment. Don't go anywhere. The Michael Duke show continues. Got to pay a few bills. We'll be back with more discussion on the session. Back with this in just a moment common sense liberty-based free thinking radio it's what we do the michael duke show don't forget to come check us out on facebook facebook.com slash michael duke show back with more
0: listen to by more staffers in juno than any other show Because their bosses told them to And after what they just heard Oh man, they're gonna be best You're a bad, bad man The Michael Duke Show
3: Yeah, I can't wait to see the transcripts from this show uh, Hit the floor in Juneau And be read uh, across the caucus meeting Um, (laughs) The look of what, What was the response when Shelley said Hey, uh uh, wait. Point of order. Uh, you said this. What was the reaction from people when they were like, "Yeah, this is what we said," but uh, oh, what, what, what?
4: Kind of glossed over it. There wasn't a whole lot of reaction. Uh, President Stevens just kind of went, um, "Well, I'm ruling that we're going to address this amendment," and that's about as far as it went. So, I mean, we <laughs> we raised it um, and it's, then oh, continued God. forward. So. I um,
3: just gotta say, we've got these rules and we're going to abide by these. <clears throat> I'm going to rule that that's OK. I mean, you know, that's it, <laughs> I just, you know, one rule for thee, another for me. I mean, luckily, at least that they uh, uh luckily they uh, uh, they allowed for the uh, for all the amendments to go through. But again, a little shocking. All these people who are for the children would not vote for a doubling of the B.S.A. Uh, well played, sir. Well played. Um, So we'll, we'll see what happens with this. Um, the reaction from, um, you know, I, I got to wonder as they get close to the end there and you said something that kind of piqued my interest when you said, well, they're just like, well, we just don't know if they're going to take this or we just don't know if they're, I mean, was there really truthfully, a a, a, yeah. a feeling in the Senate, like this was going to, I mean, they expected this, they expected everybody just to kowtow and all of a sudden they're down to the last you know four or five hours and they're like well i guess we should just pass it over and see what happens i mean was it was there a little chagrin there or was it just kind of like you know give me a feel for the room
4: i mean you go back to saturday sunday monday i think a lot of folks thought that in the end the senate was going to get its way uh but going into wednesday um the, the depending on who i asked uh about what was going on probably about half said no stinking way is the house going to concur and the other half said i have honestly no clue so and i mean it was already leaning towards not concurring um i i think was the the general feel but you, you never knew for sure and i mean it would i mean just think of how bad it would have looked for the senate if they had said well we we don't know if they're going to concur so we're not even going to pass them the budget on the last day To even make it an option, you know, Um, right? So,
3: well, it's interesting that they—I mean, it's you know, this kind of laissez-faire attitude of, oh, well, we know there's a 24-hour rule, but you know, they can break it. They could just—they could just break it. We'll give them a multi-billion-dollar budget that none of them have seen, and it'll be just fine. Just let it go. I mean, that kind of laissez-faire attitude with not only the, the the just the but with the law, the law to say. I mean, just common sense. I mean, again, this very much, I think Kevin said talked about Nancy Pelosi, this very much harkens back to that idea of, here's a 20,000-page bill, and we're going to vote on it here in 30 minutes. You've never seen it before. You've never seen it. You've never looked at it in its entirety. You've never, and we're going to vote on it. So feel good about that. I mean, that just, that makes no sense. That is not good governance
4: no it's not you know i you know i'm i'm understanding of bending rules every now and then like last year um we had uh the budget come out of conference committee and get laid on our desks uh, about midnight the night before we adjourn and so by the time we voted on it i think it was about 5 p.m give or take and you know so has it been technically 24 hours no um <clears throat> If you had actually waited 24 hours, would it have changed the result? No, because we actually had quite a bit of time to to take a look at it and run through it, have my staff run through it if that's what I wanted. And so you know when, when we just said, all right,'re we're gonna, we're gonna say the 24 hour rule is satisfied even though we're at 17 or something like that. I went, okay, I can get that, you know, but you're gonna lay a, a budget on somebody's desk and ask them to vote on it in an hour when it's 200 pages of a turducken, Yeah, that's not very kosher.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right, well, we're coming back into it here. Let's uh, go. uh, Rob Myers is our guest. We're going to continue the discussion right here, The Michael Duke Show. Common sense, liberty based, free thinking radio. Like and share, like and follow. Let's do this thing. Here we go. Yeah, it's a surf party up in here. And that funicello. Uh, all right. Um, Rob Myers is our guest. Uh, we're continuing on our discussions here. Rob, you've, uh, you've been in the Senate here for a couple of years now. You've been watching kind of this stuff go on. The last five years has been fairly unusual in the tactics of, uh, that have been employed uh, specifically by, se- by the Senate uh, Finance Committee. Um, in you know, with Mason's rules and all these things that are supposed to happen in a specific way, the House, you know, they have their own policies and the Senate has their own policies. There's been a lot of unusual stuff, whether it was passing bills that had contingency language, only if you voted for another bill would one bill go into effect. And, you know, the the discussion about removing funding for specific projects, some of which have been in the wings for 15 or 20 years. Uh, that were much needed for health and safety uh, of the of the citizenry, and everything else, and all of those all of those uh, ploys and maneuvers had worked to some degree or another. They it had been an mm-hmm. exercise in control. This one, um, which seemed to be the grandest of them all, the most blatant. Uh, I think Craig Johnson called it a hostage situation, uh, which again I would agree with. Uh, seems to have blown up back into their faces. Now, d- does this indicate, in in your mind, that uh, you know they may have overplayed their hand? That the Senate Finance and the powers that be in the Senate may have uh, may have have overstepped in this case, and 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 underestimated the willpower of the House majority at this point.
4: I I, I think so a little bit. You know what's. Um, <clears throat> It, it, it's interesting, you know, coming into a, a new year, you know, you've got new people, you might might have some of the same people, but in different positions. And so there's always a little bit of a new uh, power dynamic floating around the building each year. And you got to kind of, you know, feel around for exactly how it's going to work this time around. This year, of course, was very strange uh, in a lot of ways, because um, especially over on the House side, um, partly because the Republicans took the House back for the first time in uh, what six years. Um, and second, because almost half of the house is brand new. You got 17 of the 40 members, um, uh, brand new. And if I remember right, it was, uh, eight brand new on the Republican side and nine brand new on the Democrat side. Um, and it is so very different dynamic. Um, and you kind of would have expected going into this that, you know, the, the house minority largely aligned with the Senate majority. On, on most things. And, you know, and, and when they're talking about things like the the BSA bill and the defined benefits bill and some other things like that, yeah, no, they were, you know, largely singing off the same sheet of music. Um, but it was very interesting just watching the dynamics here over the last couple of weeks. So the House passes the budget over on, what was it, April 17th or something like that. Yep. <clears throat> and, you know, you, the, the theory is, okay, the Senate's going to send the capital budget over uh you know sometime about you know within that week or so after that um and then the senate's going to do their budget and we'll pass the budget out of the senate uh first week of may give or take give ourselves the last week and a half two weeks for conference committee that's the way it's supposed to work and um you know capital budget coming back the other direction same same idea and you know as we got further and further along and it became more apparent that the senate wasn't releasing either budget and you know then finally acknowledge the elephant in the room and and put the turducken on the table back what was that thursday last week something like that um it it was it was becoming very palpable um in in the conversations around that that even some of the folks that you would have expected would have been on the same page as the senate majority uh in, in terms of what was in the budget we're just getting mad about it about about the process and you know when you're you're hearing stories about you know guys going out to the bar after sessions over and you got the the conversation is from the uh, uh, the conversation is turning towards hey you know the the senate's holding the budget hostage you know and they're, they're just, all you're going to do is to duck in it and, and let you concur or not and you've got majority and minority members both in the bar there saying yeah there's no stinking way that i'm going to concur with that then you're like, wow, we've got a very different dynamic going on here than we have in the last few years. Um, right. It's, it's a, it's a lot of changes. And, and I mean, you know, you, you you read that piece from Julie Columbia. Uh, was that yesterday or day yeah, before?
3: Yesterday. Yeah.
4: Yeah. And I, you know, I ran into her in the hallway yesterday. I said, Hey, you hit the nail on the head with that one. That was a beautiful, beautiful piece. And, um, uh, she said, thank you. And, and, you know, it's it's one of the nice things about getting new folks is, is you know, you get that fresh perspective of somebody not saying, well, you know, this is just the way we do things around here. Oh, this is the guy that's always been in charge for, for forever. Um, you get a, a new perspective of somebody coming in going, hey, you guys, I, I realize you've been doing this this way for a while, but this ain't right. There, there's something wrong right. here.
3: Well, it's interesting that at least even the minority members were like, I mean, where's the process? Where is the process on this? You know, um, which I think is the uh, uh, you know I think is the killer appointed here, and again, somebody who's continuously got their way over and over and over again using these strong arm Machiavellian tactics, um, and uh, so maybe there's a you know maybe there's a lesson to be learned. I mean, because this is this is my point on it, uh, uh, Rob, and you could tell me whether you think I'm wrong or not. If the House had just voted to concur. And, you know, they'd had enough resistance and everything else, and they just voted to concur. I think this would have been standard operating procedure moving forward. The Senate would have always then uh, held the budget to the very last minute and basically turned the House uh, of Representatives into basically an advisory body. They could vote it up or down, but they get no input at that point. And I think that would have been a very, very dangerous precedent to set and good for them for holding back
4: on it. Well, I mean, if you look at, if I remember right, this is year four in a row that we've done a turducken budget in the end. Um, you know, this is not tradition, but it's quickly t- turning into one. Right. And, uh, you know, so that part right there rankles some folks. You know, the, the first time they did it, was, it was, was, you know, 2020 with COVID and they wanted to get out of town as fast as they could. So, okay, we can understand that uh, 2021, uh, they were waiting, uh, the, the budget ran late because we were waiting for the rules from the feds on how we could use the ARPA money. And so we didn't even put the budget on the Senate floor until the last day of session. Um, and so, okay, timing rule, timing reasons. Okay. We get it. Um, and then shoot, I'm trying to remember why we did it last year. I don't, I don't remember honestly. Um, but you know, it, in theory, you're supposed to have four budget bills, and they roll three of them into one, at least, um, and it, it it really does set a bad precedent of uh, for for the process. And you know, there's there, there are two things we argue about down here: there's content and there's process. And you know, you can have people on on both sides of the aisle on the content, and that's always going to be the case. But we shouldn't be having arguments over process. That's why rules and tradition and stuff exists. And and yeah, rec- you know, recognizing that we've got two co-equal uh, pieces of, of the legislative branch of government here between the House and the Senate that, that are both supposed to have their say on bills and both supposed to have their say on budgets. And we, we are supposed to respect that process.
3: Right. Well, because if you don't, here's the thing. I mean, this again comes back to the whole Irish democracy argument. The more you start to abrogate and bastardize the process, the more people start to lose respect for the process, the more people start losing respect for the government at that point. And that's a very dangerous precedent. If people cannot even if people don't under, even if the citizens don't understand the process, if they start to understand that the process is being manipulated or the process is being shortcutted or broken, that causes them to lose uh, that causes them to lose faith. And, and the, and this whole thing is built on the faith and the confidence of people in government. And that's part of the problem. The more you manipulate the system for your own ends, whether it's power or money or whatever, the more people start to lose the, their faith in it. And that's, I mean, that's a much larger problem in the end.
4: Right. You know, just to, to use a, a different, uh, point, just as an analogy, um, you know, I've been getting a, a fair number of emails over the last two, three weeks here saying, please don't overturn the people's initiative in rank choice voting. And I'm thinking, you know, the first thing that goes through my mind when I see that is, you mean kind of like the people's initiative on the 90-day session? Um, right. You know, it, it, once you do it once on, on one issue, it's becomes a lot easier to do it again on a second issue. And that uh, goes kind of the same way for the, the budget, uh, the, the budget process as well. Um, and, you know, one thing I try to warn people, um, you know, especially when folks, you know, kind of on the far right say, hey, I want the government to do this. You know, I, I look at them and I say, okay, so do you want the government to have the power to go the other direction when the other side takes over? You know because we know how this works government it, you know politics is a pendulum it goes back right. and forth
3: it's always a it, two-edged sword it always cuts both ways
4: it it always is and so you know at some point if we set the precedent with this side when the power swings back the other way that precedent is set, it'll be used by the other side as well and i one thing that has has shocked me uh since i've been down here you know this is my third session is just how short-sighted so many people are you know nobody's thinking beyond the two-year election cycle down here well there's a few but not many and so you know so many people don't think about hey what we're doing could set precedent for the next 20 or 30 years um and it's it's kind of troubling
3: yeah well very much so because when you start to change those things because that's what it is it's rules it's policies and it's tradition And by the time you've done it six, seven, eight, nine, ten times, it's become tradition, and that is problematic to say the least. We should be splitting this thing up into uh, different budgets so that each one can have, each side can one have their say, but also you can get down into the and not be shackled uh, because you've turned it into an omnibus bill of some kind. You need to be able to break them out and talk about those things. And the more that you do, more that you don't do that, the more power you're consolidating. In the both both finance committees, in, and that's not what the whole point is. the The power mm-hmm. should not reside with a group of five or six people in each body. It's supposed to be all of the bodies have their say on it. And we've seen that slowly get eroded at the national level and at the state level, uh, to where the the power is consolidating down to a very few number of people, and uh, it's uh, it, it's it's very frustrating. Uh, we're coming up on the break here, Rob, and I know we we, we want to talk about some of the amendments that came out here uh, on Monday and over the last few weeks, some of the amendments you attempted to put into the bill, which were, again, pretty I, – I I mean, you can comment on this or not, but my feeling is that they must have had some meeting behind closed doors that said, you will not vote for any of the minority members' amendments, no matter how good they are, kind of. There must have been a stern talking to somewhere back there in that binding caucus uh, discussion. So we're going to continue with uh, Rob Myers here in just a moment, and we'll see what uh, he has to say about the uh, Monday amendments. What does it mean, and what does he see coming forward? Give us—he'll again put on his turban, hold the envelope up to his forehead, and give us some Kreskin action here in just a uh, in just a minute. That's exactly right. The Michael Duke Show, common sense, liberty-based. Free Thinking Radio. We return to more right after this.
0: Running on 100% pure beard power. Oh, also some coffee. We dip our beard in coffee. Ha, <laughs> nice beard. The Michael Duke Show.
3: Okay, Rob Myers is our guest here uh, this morning. Let me unmute him here. You know, uh,
4: you know, you realize that you know, in a few more years, you're going to start getting legislators on the show that don't understand the Kreskin reference, right? <laughs> That
3: is true. That is true. I mean, I'm almost too young to understand the Creskin reference. I actually never saw it live. I've seen it on YouTube, but I actually never. For those of you who don't know, Johnny Carson used to play the magnificent Creskin and he'd put a turban on and a, and a like a cape. And he'd do this prediction game that he'd do on The Tonight Show. That was Johnny Carson back in the day. The Magnificent Kreskin. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Uh, And so, yeah, there will be. Dude, I am starting to date myself out on some of my references as well. People look at me like, what? And I'm like, oh, my God. I'm old holy cow uh it just it's just one of those things you're gonna get I mean the beard's white for a reason what can I what can I say
4: yeah I was I was giving Mike shower a little bit uh a little bit of grief uh, a couple of days ago we were talking and he he loves to do movie references but he's doing all these references from movies from the 80s and uh so he made some movie reference and I didn't didn't catch it and he said oh yeah it was from this movie from 1982 and I said dude I was born in 83. he's like ah
3: exactly exactly uh this town needs an enema i mean there's some movies out there that have got some great lines mike you get mike and i together and it's like movie it's like movie comedy gold we just do the the back and forth all the time um all right um so so i hear you i can see you're in your abode there in juno your temporary digs uh Mm -hmm. what this is just on a side a personal note uh I know it's expensive to live in Juno. I, I know it is because you guys are a captive audience. Reason number twelve hundred and sixty three why you should have the legislative system on the road uh, on the or legislative session on the road system. But I mean, so what do you do now? I mean, you might you said Mike was packing up last night. I mean, is he unpacking this morning? I mean, are they are we getting how, what what happens now that tourist season is going to be in full swing? How do you guys get your keep your digs and do all that stuff?
4: So I'm, I'm flying out tomorrow. I'm, I'm spending all it. So I'm going to go over to the Capitol today. We gavel back in for special session. I think it's a 10. Um, and then I'm going to come back here and pack. And I'm flying out tomorrow because, okay, number one, um, you know, when, once this, you know, once the House has the official b- vote on concurrence, and I'm going to assume they're not going to concur at this point, um, once they have the official vote, then co- it's, it's all dependent on conference committee and maybe a little bit on leadership negotiations and i mean i'm let's just put it this way i'm in the super minority if they are um consulting me for for my opinion on things we're in worse trouble than i realized um and and second you know i can fly home uh, i'm got ai got a family vacation scheduled for next week with the the wife and kids and uh the the kind of the word that we've gotten is that uh conference committee is going to take a little while they're they're, you know they're not expecting something to come out you know monday or tuesday next week um you know it's, it's going to be a little bit and so just the assumption is you know hey take a little break go home with your family um at some point there will be a floor vote because there has to be uh to accept whatever comes out of the conference committee and uh, if need be, I will come back for that. Um, but there's no reason for me to try to maintain an apartment and and stay here and twiddle my thumbs while I'm waiting for for you know everything to get worked out. Uh, you know, right. in, in conference.
3: Spaces. Burning up per diem at a prodigious rate at this point. Yeah, because uh, yeah. three hundred bucks a day in the tourist season doesn't even hardly get you a house, let alone any food at that point. In the off season, it's fine. But uh, yeah, what a what a crazy, crazy, crazy time. Um, all right, uh, we're what are we at here? We're about a minute and a half out here. Minute and a half out from returning. Um, I'm I'm really interested to hear more about conversations with uh, some of the democratic, uh, some of the democratic members of the majority as they watch this. You know, because now they're on the power side, right? They were on the minority before. Now they're in the majority. Uh, and this whole thing about abusive process. I mean, does that does that Are they are are there's been some eyebrows raised on uh, that kind of stuff?
4: You know, I haven't really talked to um, the most of the Democrat members in the Senate uh, about the the way that the the conference committee or the way that the the budget process went. Um, The excuse me, most of it has been in the hand. I mean, it's been in the hands of the Finance Committee, of course. um, And by and large, that's a, a lot of old guard. Um, on both Republican and Democrat side right and um, you know the, kind of the resignation from a couple three of the new people on there it's just kind of like a, well we're we're along for the ride here we're the minority on this committee and you know we're not the chairs so um, well this is what this is what the caucus has decided it's going to do um, yeah it's been it, it's, it's been very interesting again it, it, to your point you know as as you go through this process you realize that a lot of it is just concentrated in just a very few people.
3: Yeah, Well, that's the problem. I mean, the problem is we've come to the point to where the whole power of the legislature is concentrated in a handful of people on each side. And that's not working as intended. That was not the original intent, but it's been manipulated over the years to reach this point. And that's part of the problem. All right. Here we go. Uh, final segment. The Michael Duke Show. Common Sense, Liberty Base, free thinking radio. Okay, that may have been a little radical. I didn't need to shout radio there at the very end, but I did. It is Common Sense Liberty Base Free Thinking Radio, the Michael Duke Show. If you can't have fun while you're doing something, why are you doing it? That's all. That's my been my mantra for years. Uh, maybe that's why I've been unemployed so many times. All right, let's, uh, let's continue here our discussion. Uh, State Senator Rob Myers joins us uh, here this morning. Uh, We're getting down to the final segment here. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, we're going to go roll back the clock here to uh, Monday uh, when the budget was in front of the Senate and there was a lot of discussion going on. uh, And there were a lot of amendments and some of them were very, I thought, straightforward, common sense kind of things that could be done. Uh, And unfortunately, there seems to be some kind of agreement amongst the majority members in the Senate. That uh, they were commanded from on high that they dare not vote for any minority amendment. This is punishment, right? I mean, this is the whole Gary Stevens thing uh, where he was asked by one of the reporters, well, this looks like it's punitive. Is it punitive? And he goes, well... Yeah, kind of. I mean, you know, kind of like this putting you guys. Nobody puts baby in a corner unless, of course, baby are the three senators that everybody's mad at because they won't do what they're told. And so this just seemed like really punitive. You had some amendments up. Hit us with some of the things that you put up that were, I think, pretty easy, uh, pretty easy yeses. But in the end, you guys were, again, riddled full of bullets when it was all said and done.
4: Yeah, I mean, when when you go on to do floor amendments, you kind of recognize that that, you know, you're not going to slash a hundred million dollars from the budget in a floor amendment, you know, so you, you kind of do targeted, you know, kind of the, the obvious low hanging fruit was, was what I was aiming for. Um, Mike had, uh, an amendment to cut our pay, you know, the, the, uh, pay, um, the pay increase, uh, which was what about 2 million bucks or something out of the legislature's budget. And that one, I got the, got the, I think the most votes out of any of them we got seven votes on that in favor and 13 against um everything else was three four five votes max um you know so for example um i had a couple of them just to kind of point out you know my one of my biggest pet peeves of course is the crony capitalism and stuff and so i had a couple of amendments regarding that um you know we've got um we've had we got tourism marketing in the budget for five million dollars and we've done that for decades, having uh, varying amounts of money, but we've always had state money going towards tourism market. Look, and I don't, I'm not bashing the tourist industry. That was how I got through college was, was working tourism in the summer.
3: Right. right. But, I, I think some know, Alaskan, I, I think some Alaskan has worked in tourism at some point in their life. Almost anybody who was born and raised here is, I did the same thing, but you're right. I mean, giving them money, oof,
4: we, we, you know, we. you're seeing if you go back and you check the the news stories over the last month or so, the projections are we're going to have a record number of tourists visiting the state this year. Um, you know, between the cruise ships, and the independent travelers, they're, pre- they're predicting something along the lines of two to two and a half million visitors this year. And so I'm sitting here going, if we're having record numbers of people coming to Alaska, why do we need five million dollars of state money going to Alaska? Uh, going to tourism marketing right and just that's just pointless in my book right so i put an amendment to to strip that out and i think i got four votes in favor um there was another one um i if i remember right it was uh just after the exxon valdez um uh disaster uh we we formed a state corporation called the alaska seafood marketing institute which their job is exactly what it says their job is to market alaska seafood because the alaska brand for seafood took a huge hit after exxon valdez and uh so they are a state-owned corporation they've got their own pots of money that they deal with but in addition to what they've already got control over we threw another five million dollars of general fund money at them and i said look we know that that we're pulling a lot of fish out of the sea that it's it's making its way to market nobody's complaining about having trouble selling it nobody's complaining about having trouble, uh, you know, having trouble with low prices. What we are hearing complaints about is, uh, you know, certain, certain species that are are running low, um, you know, not enough fish making it back up the rivers for subsistence. And yet we're throwing $5 million of general fund money to go market Alaska seafood that, that just makes no sense. Asme me is doing its job. Just let it do its job. We don't need to add to it. And that failed on a shoot. I think that one got two votes. Um, it was, yeah, it's it's bad, you know, and, and just trying to just trying to hit some of the low hanging fruit. Oh, one other one. Um, the Senate put in 15 million dollars in the budget for grants for child care, hoping to raise the wages of childcare workers. And I knew that if I tried to strip that out, that not only would it fail, but I would get excoriated for it. So all I did was I put in some intent language that says. If you're going to hand out these grants, we want a report back from the uh, Department of Health, who's managing it. We want a report back from the Department of Health next year on whether or not the grants worked and some suggestions of how to continue funding it in the future. Because you know how this works: if we hand out fifteen million dollars this year, then it's somebody's the, yeah. going to expect it again next year.
3: It's the new baseline, right? This is oh, it's fifteen. We've already we've always
4: done it this way, so
3: they always exactly. get fifteen million
4: or more. Exactly, and I only got. Four or five votes for that amendment, Um, and then to top it all off, yesterday in the um, you know because of course I would have been excoriated for trying to to pull that money out. Yesterday in the you know last ditch good faith effort to negotiate with the House, uh, the the you know the eighty two million dollar cut to the operating budget, they cut those childcare grants in half down to seven and a half million. so I can't get intent language in, but you guys can play with dollar figures. Okay. Um, right, right. Again, so, I
3: mean, this is- again, this looks like a whole lot of you better not vote for a single amendment that those people put, those people who you should not put a single amendment through. Uh, you're exactly right. And I'll be honest with you. I too, the crony cap, this is the problem with government is that we here in Alaska, specifically Alaska's government, we have a welfare state. We have a welfare state from both sides of the spectrum. We have a very large welfare state on the social net welfare side. I mean, we have a third of one third of Alaskans are receiving some kind of public. um, (coughs) Excuse me, some kind of public assistance. Um, 270-something thousand on one side. And on the other hand, we've got companies and corporations and industries that are receiving millions of dollars, whether it's the, you know, and again, I worked in tourism. I love tourism. I think it's great. Do we need to give them $5 million of government money to help them do their job? I think they're doing a pretty good job all by themselves. Or... You know, GCI or any of these other ones getting millions of dollars to build out rural Internet the old fashioned way instead of the sound. I mean, you know, all of the there's just road construction. You could just go down the list of all the companies who have built their entire business plan on working on government contracts like those businesses would not exist if they did not subsist on those government contracts so you got welfare on one side the corporate welfare and you got the social welfare on the other side and this state is being consumed and the people in the middle are the ones that are getting squeezed that aren't getting any of that stuff in the middle they're the ones that are getting squeezed on this
4: right yeah exactly you know i mean you mentioned gci we, you know um, one bill that was kind of making a little bit of news over the last couple of weeks here got introduced pretty late was uh, a bill to increase the grants for um putting in uh rural school internet basically and uh, they were trying to raise it saying okay originally the grants said uh they're trying to get you up to 25 megabits and this was trying to raise it up to 100 megabits on your your speed into your school Which, okay i can understand it you know we've all figured out over you know since covid that how how valuable a good internet connection is but i mean when you're hearing in the back rooms you know people referring to that bill not as the school internet bill but they're referring to it as the gci bill we got a problem
3: yeah exactly well especially since they won't look at new i mean starlink that's all i have to say star 100 you know, we're talking about a 500-megabyte connection for 100 bucks a month, and there are people out in the villages paying hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars a month for a fraction of that. Uh, but we're going to build all, all the infrastructure, and we're going to do it with government money. They just got $381 million for high-speed Internet to rural communities in Alaska. Oh, by the way, did anybody notice that GCI got fined $40 million for uh-huh. misleading... The on their reporting on how they were doing things. Nobody. I mean, that was that was across the newswire for five seconds and gone. But they're happy to take millions of dollars in state government money. That's it. This whole thing, uh, Rob, I don't know how you do it. I really don't. I I would be so frustrated. Uh, There would be there. The sergeant at arms would be standing behind my desk all day is what would be happening if I worked (laughs) down in the legislature. Um, all right, we're coming down to the last, uh, two and a half minutes here or so. So final thoughts with what's coming on in the special session, what we should expect to see and what we can do quickly.
4: Well, uh, I get you know, there's, there's, short, there's the short term and there's the long term. The short term is what we do with this year's budget. The long term is again, work on a fiscal plan. Um, and we haven't talked about that much, uh, this morning, but, you know, I, I think, you know, a lot of the things that we have been talking about are just highlighting how broke. The process is and our lack of a fiscal plan and the fact that we only look a year or two years ahead in our discussions down here and um i was hoping that the the governor was going to include fiscal plan stuff on the the call as well um a little disappointed to see that that was not the case but um you know that's that's still got to be in in our focus as well is you know and that was my speech on the floor yesterday was not about you know, hey, this is how screwed up this budget is. It's about the fact that we're barreling towards the cliff and we have no plan with what we're doing uh once once we get there. Yeah. PFD is going to be gone in four or five years. What what happens after that? What you know, the it, there we got no signs of, of um uh, you know government spending shrinking, and yet we know that oil prices are you know slowly dropping still. The stock market looks pretty darn stagnant and and yet our, our spending keeps increasing so we're going to take the entire dividend and then what's the plan you know then do we finally have this the the hard decisions about cuts or then do we finally pass a tax uh, the our, our process down here is broken and uh, you know it encourages us to be short-sighted and until we get uh, some of those pieces fixed uh, we're we're not getting out of this situation
3: right no i i agree i mean that's the thing Without a fiscal plan, as I said many times, we're in that train and they just keep shoveling coal into the furnace like, oh, we'll jump that gap. The bridge is out, but don't worry, we'll make it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh-huh, exactly. Uh, <laughs> geez. Senator Rob Myers, uh, thank you so much for coming on board today and sharing with us. We appreciate it. We look forward to talking to you here in the future. All right, thanks for being a part of it. Don't Don't go away. All right, folks, Uh, tomorrow, Firearms Friday. Um, It should be a doozy. I got some stuff to talk about tomorrow. We'll be back uh, then. Have a great day. Be kind. Love one another. Live well. The Michael Duke Show. Yeah, we didn't even talk about any fiscal plan, but, I mean, without a fiscal – I mean, here's the thing. This is my theory, Rob, and you can – disagree or or not or just not say anything it's up to you but i think at this point it's the wheels have got to come off before people are going to acknowledge i mean we have got to hit literal rock bottom the train has got to plummet off the bottom and crash into the ravine and then they'll go oh maybe we should do something about that i mean i just i just think that because there's obvious i mean we could see the obvious signs we spent $15 billion out of savings over the last seven, eight years. And yet they're, they're just, just now, because it's convenient to them, they found fiscal Jesus and said, oh, we can't pass an unbalanced budget. We wouldn't want to do that because unless it was our stuff, in which case we'd be happy to do There is no fiscal plan. The PFD is going to be gone. There's going to be some form of tax instituted. And they're going to want even more from that. I mean, because right. there is no plan
4: i mean you saw it yesterday um after after the senate passed the budget and gabbled out they had a i don't know about a 30-minute press conference and uh, somebody i can't remember who but one of the reporters to their credit asked them hey uh you know what about a fiscal plan uh, you know moving forward and what did they do they turned around and said well we passed sb 107 which is the 7525 bill and i'm like yeah that's going to work for about two years and then you're going to be run out of money and you're going to cut that again so you know which is what i said on the floor with that bill um so i mean if that's the definition of the of a fiscal plan that we have around here we're in a we're in a world of hurt and yeah. i i don't want to be in a place if i told you so but i got a bad feel that i'm going to be there
3: yeah well i mean again <clears throat> i've been doing this for 25 years i told you so i've been telling you so for 20 years that this is what's going to happen and it's just gotten you know it's just been going down and down and down and down and down uh you know and until like i said i just don't think that until they hit absolute rock bottom and there is no more money and of course most of them by that time will have retired and probably moved away to hawaii or wherever um then then we're going to be the problem is if you reach a tipping point where a fiscal plan can't save you that's the thing if we get it in too late it won't make a difference. Right. And, and if we don't, and, and everybody's holding up the signs that says bridges out and they're like, Oh, it'll be fine. We can, we can handle that down the road. Some there's no more road. There's no more right. road.
4: That's just- my, my, I When I was doing my floor speech yesterday, I was using the metaphor of my, my other job, you know, driving a truck. And I said, you know, we're, we're getting to the, you know, we, we, we try to say that, that um, constitutionally our only only obligation every year is to pass a budget. And I said, Well, legally, that might be the case. But if you know, it, it's kind of like saying in my other job that my only uh, my only obligation is to make the delivery. If I make the delivery, but I run everybody else off the road. Or if I make the you know, if I'm focused on on making the delivery, but I'm barreling towards the sign that says bridges out, am I actually doing my job? Um, right? And, you know, we're, we're at a point where the, the truck's broke, it's almost out of gas, and the bridge is out. Um, we got a problem here, and passing the budget without addressing those concerns along the way is just irresponsible.
3: Yeah, because like you said, what they point at as their fiscal plan is a two-year Band-Aid on a gushing femoral artery wound, right? It's like putting a little kid's you know puppy dog Band-Aid on a stab wound in your thigh where your femoral artery is just like bleeding out. It's not going to fix it. It's not going to fix it. So it's uh, one of those things. All right. Well, I've taken enough of your time. I hope you enjoy your vacation, my friend. I hope you enjoy that. Get a little bit of reconnect time and um, check back in with us when you get back, will you? And We'll see where we're
4: at. I'll I'll be around. You know where to find me.
3: All right. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate it. Rob Myers, our guest, uh, The Michael Duke Show, Common Sense, Liberty-based, free-thinking radio. Folks, I hope you enjoyed the show today. If you did... Don't forget to check us out at the Common Sense Corps. This is the Cool Kids Club where you help fund the show yourself. For as little as a cup of coffee a month, you can be a member of the Corps and help support the show, keep us on the air, buy new things for the studio, everything else, all this fancy new camera and stuff. That's all all from you guys. All from you guys. We appreciate that. Go to patreon.com slash MichaelDukeShow to help support the show. Out of time. I just, it Firearms Friday, it's a brief moment of sanity and a week of absolute craziness. We will see you guys tomorrow. Have a great day.